Hey everybody, welcome to the BTL Born to Lead podcast. I'm your host, Brett Kelly. I've got a very special episode today. Got a good friend of mine, Steve Cheslock. Steve's been a mentor of mine, good friend for a few years now. And this is going to be a, a really awesome episode. I'm excited about it. Steve, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being here and saying yes and, and helping others out, man. Welcome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you for putting all this together. Uh, like I told you earlier, I went through listening to all the episodes so far. You know, it's a great service that you're doing others. I'm glad I can uh, help out in any way. Man, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So this whole thing, BTL, it's all about, you know, giving in and giving back so others can gain. So it's a give and gain concept that we've got. And this is all with mentorship, right? So you've you've come so far. Everybody's really going to take a lot of what you're able to share today. It's an incredible story of where you've been and where you're at now. And this is all just mentorship and how we're able to, to give to one another, whether it's one small little thing somebody hears here from what you're telling them, they may be ready to hear those things right now, but it may not be something that they're, they need to hear. Five years down the road, they're gonna think back on what they needed to hear. They're thinking about it so they listen back now they're, they're where they're exactly needing to be at that point in time. So Steve, why don't you give, instead of me giving your elevator pitch, why don't you just <laughs> share with everybody, all the, all the listeners we've got, who you are, your background, where you're from, and where you're at today, man. Sure, man. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you know, if you ask a lot of different people, um, different things to different people, you know, and that's who I am. Right now, I'm involved in real estate. I have a family firm that's involved in self-storage. But growing up, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, pretty much raised there the whole time. I was actually born in Santiago, Chile. I was an orphan, um, got adopted before I was born. Uh, great family. Went to college in Pennsylvania, started off actually in the NFL. I was a scout for two years and then a coaching assistant. Then I ended up playing professional poker, which is not a really a normal trajectory people take. But after that, I did a startup and now I'm in real estate. But bounced around in a couple of careers. But along that journey, I've bounced around in a couple of different things, which I'm sure we're going to get into. And you know, I love the point that you said earlier is, you know, maybe they're going to hear it now, maybe they're going to hear it later, because a lot of people like to talk about, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And in reality, the teacher's always been there. You know, it, you have to be mentorable. You can have the best mentors in the world, but until you're mentorable, it doesn't mean anything. And that's kind of what people hear all of a sudden. You know, it's funny, I talked to my father about it, and um, I want to go back and say, this is, man, this guy really helped me out with this something. He's mad. Man, I've been telling you that for 30 years. <laughs> this guy just packaged it a little different. It's the same message. And so it's, I was just ready to hear it at that point in time. So I think that's what a lot, the journey a lot of people go through is they just become more mentorable and they're ready to hear that message. Uh, man, that's, it's so funny you say that. You know, my, my dad has said the same thing to me. Like, man, t did you ever hear of this? Like, yes, Brett. Where, <laughs> come on, man. Like, do don't you remember I said this to you? You were 12. And then I said it again when you were an idiot and you were 15. And then yeah, you're still an idiot yeah. in your 30s. Yep. So, yeah. Same I, message. But this other person that told it to us, he, he has those. Oh, yeah. Know, the light. He has the light. Yep, exactly, <laughs> man. So so how did you go, you know, going in from, and this is a, such a great story, man, from where, you, where you've come from, your background and everything, and, and to where you're at right now, all of the successes. 
with mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of failures too. And, and I, I love and appreciate you and I'm grateful for you being so vulnerable to talk about that stuff, man, because that's, that's a lot of what people don't share. You know, we were kind of catching up on that as well as, you know, all of all the highly successful folks, not all, I'll be honest, not all. However, so many people, they, they paint the glory picture. They've got the, the twilight sunset going on behind them at all times. And that's not what's going on. That's what you see after the lightning and the thunder and the hurricanes and tornadoes in their world and everything <laughs> like that, right? So, so walk us through what, what's sure. taking place and what you've learned through your, you know, your life at this point, man. Yeah, and I love that you said that. And one of the things which, you know, Brett and I talked about it, and I think the best way I can serve the listeners right now is, you know, when I think about October 3rd, 2014, and that is my sobriety date. Um, You know, I had a lot of failures and trials and tribulations coming up to that, and I'm 40 now, but my wake-up call was really 34 and put my life back together. You know, when most people are usually hitting stride or really hitting stride, and um so that's what I really love to talk about is getting vulnerable. I love that you talked about vulnerability because a lot of people want to talk about accountability and mentorship. But what I like to really express is you have to have vulnerability before you can have accountability because you have to really take a deep look at yourself and realize where your weaknesses are and where you need to be accountable to other people and then ask for that help. And you can't do that. And that's where, you know, when I hit that proverbial rock bottom that everybody hits, you know, when they talk about it, I had to take a deep look into myself and change a lot of wiring about my attitudes, about my mindset, about who I surrounded myself with. And I think that, you know, when we talk and we go further, that's where I can kind of tell you, we can really touch on that part of my life with the mindset and the attitude, because I had to change everything at 35. It wasn't just that clear path of trajectory, which I surrounded myself with some people and really, I didn't know how to deal with it at the time. So it took me hitting rock bottom and then, doing some changes in my life to now put me on that trajectory where I'm uh, achieving a lot, but not only that, getting a lot of fulfillment out there as well. Dude, you're, you're one of the bravest people that I know for, for having that type of vulnerability. And, you know, we'll, we'll be sitting down at, yeah. you know, at, at some restaurant, we're eating tacos and you're just talking about all this heavy stuff. And I'm like, man, just eating this barbecue taco, Steve. And this is, <laughs> this is, this is pretty intense right now, but I, I love where you're coming from. My name is Dylan Suter. I'm the Keller Williams Young Professionals Regional Ambassador for Canada. And KWYP Canada is so, so happy and proud to bring you the Virtual Real Estate Growth Summit coming May 12th and 13th. It will also kick off May 11th with Mo Anderson talking about why culture and what we can do during these challenging times to make sure that we not only survive, but we thrive. So we're putting this event on. A $49 charitable donation goes straight to charity. Every penny of it is going to charity. We're going to help all those in need right now from small businesses to Keller Williams Cares, Kid of You Kids Can, and we're really doing this to add value to you as realtors and to give back to the community. We're going to have industry leaders such as Jeff Glover, Jeff Cohn. We're going to have Jeff Woods with the one thing coming on, Hal Elrod is hopping in, and Mark Bowden talking about how you can use virtual areas to share your emotion and the way you speak. And we also have so, so, so many more top incredible guests. We have Clint Pulvert playing the drums for you guys, bringing, bringing back mindset, real estate investments focus. We're going to literally cover everything in real estate. So we'd love to see you there. $49 charitable donation. 
Go online, grab your ticket today, and stay tuned for all the amazing extras you'll be able to purchase for additional charitable donations through each of these incredible speakers. Look forward to see you guys there. May 11th, 12th, and 13th, and May 11th will be free for everyone. Mo Anderson will be going live. Check it out. See you guys there. You and I have a very firm belief in that you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with, right? So leading up to this time period when you were 34 and this, you know, proclaimed, uh, you know, rock bottom, I think rock bottom sure. is a very generalized term somebody it, may it's use. It's different for everybody. That's it, man. It's different for everybody. Yeah. So what was your environment like growing up? And were you a product of your environment? And if so, I mean, what does that look like with the people you were surrounding yourself with? That's a great question. And you are right. We are the sum of the people we hang out with, and specifically the five. So you hang out with five people that go to the bar every day, guess who's going to be the sixth? You hang out with five people that go work out every day, guess who's going to be the sixth? And when I grew up, I actually grew up in a perfect household. Nobody else suffered from any type of addiction. And, um, you know, I developed it. And as I went through it, I blamed everybody else. And that was first and foremost where that mis you know, misalignment was in my life, where I was looking at everybody else, blaming everybody else, because it was my ego that was taking over. The world had harmed me, and I didn't really have any type of spirituality in my life that I needed to replace and harness all that energy. And so I was hanging around with bad people. I was hanging around making poor decisions. And the thing about it is, we have a way of creating a reality distortion field around us. And as you know, I kind of spiraled deeper and deeper into my addiction, I would hang out with people that were deeper and deeper in their addiction. So then I can point and look and say, well, here's what happened to me, but at least I'm not that guy because that guy's got the real problem. So it made it acceptable to accept my life at the time and accept my station. And that was just a horrible mindset to have. And I didn't see, I didn't know any other way. And I really needed to pull myself out of that rut and just, first of all, surround myself with better people, but also learn how to love myself again. Because I basically, my idea of having fun was going out and having other people pay for the, for, for my, pay the consequences for my actions. And that was my idea. And I didn't really knew, know what it was like to be altruistic and to serve other people. And one of my mentors kind of pointed out there's a big difference between truly being altruistic and people-pleasing. People-pleasing is kind of when you're doing stuff for others, but you expect something in return. And that's how I really lived all my life. And truly being altruistic and thinking of others is when you don't really expect anything in return. And I think a lot of people misstep a little bit when they think they're being altruistic, but really in the back of their mind, they're saying, well, if I give you this lead, I'm going to expect two leads back or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's not really coming from the source or mind of abundance and truly being altruistic, being there for people. It's really when you make that mental shift of I'm doing this and not expecting anything in return. It's cool that you, that you say that, you know, and it reminds me something from uh, classic good old John Maxwell, that you can either be a, you can be blessed or you can be a blessing. Mm -hmm. And just thinking, you know, from, from that standpoint, you know, everybody always, oh, it's hashtag blessed. Look at my, my Range Rover. It's awesome. I'm <laughs> blessed. Well, okay, great. Who's the blessing though? Who is, who's the one who has helped you to this point and the people around you and your mindset and your belief system? I mean, I, lo I love that you said that. I mean, the, you, you learned and you had to fight to get to this point, but you learned how to serve other people and it made a big difference in your world. So that difference in your world, what, what took place 
you were rock bottom. You were going down a, a, a really, mm-hmm. you know, really slim road. Yeah. Dangerous, dangerous stuff going on, of course. And, and what, what took place, man? I mean, how, what was the shift? Yeah. What was that turning point in your mind that got you to say like, damn, Steve, come on, man. What, what are you doing? What am I doing? How do I, how do I do this? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? What, t- talk, talk through Perfect. that, man. Awesome. Yeah, no, and, and I love that you came up with that because there was a seminal moment that I can really recall. And I'm quite honest, you know, I got arrested. I was facing over 20 years in jail. And when you're facing that type of um, change in your lifestyle, it really makes you reflect on a lot of things. And so I decided to enter a program of recovery. And the, that seminal moment, what you talked about, was about two or three weeks in, when I realized that those people loved me until I learned how to love myself again. And when you hit that rock bottom and that point where you're at that, looking at it, you don't know which way to go or road to go down. It's really easy to doubt yourself and forget how really great you really are. And when you start making that a habit of doubting yourself and getting down on yourself, you forget to love yourself. And once I learned how to love myself, then the doors open to realize like, okay, a whole new life opened up to me about all right, when I surround myself with these people, better things happen. When I, per- when I put certain routines into my daily practice, good things happen. When I have certain mindset shifts, good things happen. And mind you, it didn't happen overnight. And changing habits don't happen overnight. I think that's what a lot of people really need to look into it. Is, uh, my sponsor, he said the best way. And I had been drinking and drugging for 22 years. And he mentioned and he said, Listen, you've been kind of running wild for 22 years and walking into the woods for 22 years. Don't expect to get out in two months. It doesn't work that way. I think when people think about changing habits, when they want to look internally about changing things, you have been doing something for 90% of your life and a lot of it's subconscious. And if you think you're going to unwind all of that in six months or even a year, I think that's what discourages a lot of people and allows them to give up very easily, very quickly. Because, well, my, my habits didn't change in a month. So now it must not be working or this person that was doing it must not know what he's talking about. And they just didn't have the right attitude going in. And I think that's important with visualization because a lot of people talk about visualization and it's a great tool if you do it correctly. And there's not, excuse me, let me back up. There's not a correct way to do it. But I think where some people miss the road is when we visualize something, we kind of just visualize the best of us on, on the mountaintop and achieving that goal. And we forget that there's roadblocks along that way. And one guy who kind of really brought this idea and highlighted it was, I'll give him credit, his name's David Goggins. And he said, you know, you could be sitting down and watching a commercial about this guy climbing, climbing Mount Everest. And in your sofa with your bathroom right there and your fridge right there, say, you know what, I could do that. And you just visualize yourself on the top of Mount Everest and that cool setting. He says, but... When you're out there and you're about a quarter of the way up and you can't breathe and you can move maybe one foot in an hour and you're like, man, this sucks. Well, you know, this was not a good idea. What was I thinking? It's because you didn't visualize the roadblocks that it took to get there. So that's what allows a lot of people to quit. Everyone just visualizes the mountaintop and they don't really visualize the roadblocks that's going to take along the journey. And when you can visualize those, then you know how to prepare and handle them. And it just makes that journey more continuous. Because without, without really, uh, being strength and being courageous, you're never going to start. But without consistency, you're never going to finish. Man, that's powerful. 
I love the I love the Goggins reference, dude. I mean, yeah, man, we've talked a lot about it. Oh man, I mean, what a, what an incredible mentor, and that's you know, I haven't met the guy yet. However, what that's that's the great part about mentorship is you know you can look up to Sam Walton, you can look up to to David Goggins, and they can be different mentors in different areas of your life. You know, for me, he's he's a great fitness and mindset mentor of mine that I really look up to, and what he's what he's failed at so many times and he just helps me shorten the curve he helps shape you know my brain and thinking in a different way and i i'm with you dude i mean it's it's so easy just to to have that visualization and that's the terrible flaw about us just staring at these tv boxes all day long <laughs> and our, you know that plastic dumb phone in your hand all the time all day long looking and scrolling looking and scrolling and feeding your brain with all this other falsified content that's out there rather than just pick up the book and read it you know go for a walk go learn from something whether it's staring at a tree you can learn a lot staring at a tree i believe to a degree you can do it so, yeah. to a degree <laughs> but to your point just going and doing it you know and, yeah. and some people want to look at you know developing mental toughness because that's really what i was looking for was mental toughness and so some quick background that we talked about i have access to some team guys and some navy seals and some background in that I talk to them about mental toughness. Yeah, and where does your mind go when you have to go on certain missions and certain things? And um, it's super important to get that visualization, that framework, because then it just becomes habit. Once you mm -hmm. visualize everything, you've seen that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, but it's important. Man. You know, another thing I wanted to touch on, because I know that you've spoken with this uh, in some of the other podcasts, is just my morning routine. Because once I had that seminal change of learning how to love myself, and putting some practices in place, then I was able to kind of hit some things that really helped me. And one of the things that I do, so I wake up and I have to have a glass of water because you go to sleep, you're super dehydrated, you know, I need to wake up and just slam some water. So eight ounces, 12 ounces, it's not a huge glass, but I think that's important. Then I say my morning prayer. And one of the things that recovery has taught me is there's a big difference between spirituality and religion. I'm not going to make this a religious talk or anything, but I have to give up my ego to somebody else that's not myself. And that's an important part of overcoming and now allowing love to come back into my world. Because once I show love to other people, then I can receive it. And until I do that, I can't, I'm shutting the world off. So I have to give away my ego as soon as I possibly can, or else I'm going to keep it with me all day. And that's going to run my day. I think it's very important because one of the things that I've learned is life is kind of about ego and spirit and a battle between the two. You know, I'm sure everybody's heard, you know, there's a battle between two wolves, whichever one you feed, that's the one that gets nurtured. Well, it's kind of like that ego and spirit. And when our life is run by ego, it says when everything falls into place, that's when I find peace. But when life is run by spirituality, it's a little different. It says when I find peace, that's when life falls into place. And so many people want to, basically have everything fall into place before they can find that happiness. And that's really not what life is about. And that's what life really is about, driven by ego. And so I, that morning prayer is super important for me to give away that ego. And one of the most important things that I do in that morning prayer is I specifically say, and I understand that every day brings ups and downs, please supply me with the strength that I need to give uh, to handle every situation with grace, humility, and dignity. Because I know that during the day I'm going to experience hardships. That's just what life's about. And so I need to be prepared. And when I acknowledge them during the day and in the morning, I have nothing to complain about when they pop up during the day. 
you know, a lot of people forget that the strongest trees, they don't grow in the greatest soil. They grow in the strongest wind. Yep. So I can't complain when the winds come during the day and say, oh, poor me. So when I can acknowledge that my morning prayer and get that my ego out and acknowledge a couple of things during the beginning, it makes that day kind of sets the tone for my day, which I really need to do. Outside of my journaling, outside of my exercise, that morning prayer has been super helpful. And the other thing which I really have uh, been a huge help to me, I know you've been on the recipient of it, uh, recipient end of it a couple of times is, yep. Um, one of my really good mentors basically just said, you know what I want you to do every morning, just text two people in your, in your phone and just say, Hey man, just thinking about you. I hope you have a great day. That's it. Not expecting anything in return. And that exercise has really changed the trajectory of my life and my days. And the reason for that is I mentioned before, if you want to receive love, you got to give it out into the world. So that's my way of giving it out early in the morning and getting it out there in the universe so I can receive things. But also it has a way of improving my day as my day goes on. So let's say I'm having a bad day and having my own little pity party, which we all get into and we want to get out of that rut. And I text a good friend that I haven't talked to in six months or so. And he all of a sudden texts me back. Hey man, I was just thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. How you doing? All of a sudden I'm not thinking about what had me in a tip or to the, you know, or frustrated or angry, you know, before I'm like, Oh yeah. Hey, I, it, it has a way of reframing my mind because from Dale Carnegie, we all want to be appreciated. Guy, girl, old, young, it doesn't matter. And so that's the way of kind of feeling that appreciation. So I, not only do I send it out during the morning, but I get feels of it coming back throughout the day. Cause not everybody gets back to you at eight 30 or something. Right. Sometimes they filter and later on during the day. Man, I, I, I love that you do that. And I remember the first time that you sent me that text, I was like, man, what, what's this guy doing? It's, was he shooting text <laughs> messages off, just ripping text messages off at, at, well, I don't know what it was, maybe like 5.30, 6 in the morning, something like that. And it was awesome though, you know? And, and then after I, you know, get through my morning, everybody's got their routine, but then shoot, mm -hmm. shoot you the text back. And I've actually started to implement that on my own and I don't do it every day. However, some mornings I'll just fire that text off and just, you know, wish somebody a really great day, whatever, whatever it may be about. It doesn't have to be about anything. Just wish them a great day. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And people, people generally appreciate that too. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. great, man. Now, it's been a great thing where people have come back to me and said, you know, it really has lightened up their days too, which is part of the you know reason why, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just been a great tool. And I'm really thankful for that guy passing along to me. Man, you've got you've got so much knowledge. You got so many tools in your toolbox and under your belt, man. <laughs> so so let's talk about something that you're you're so great at is is connecting with people. And and mm -hmm. I'll I'll attest to that just in conversations you and I have. You're so great and relatable, although you may see, you know, so much in in past of being, you know. I don't know what, what to really phrase it as maybe outcasting in a, in some sense, sure. uh -huh. but, but you're so great at, at listening and understanding and empathizing and just honestly, it's just connecting with people. So you've got a document you're, you're, you're sharing with us. That's been a huge aid to you in helping mm -hmm. to understand and how to communicate with mentors. And you've got a boatload of these people of course, that's how you've gotten yeah. to where you're at, man. So walk us through what this looks like and how you, how this came to be. 
Sure. So I, I think it's important because mentors are the stepping stones of where you're going to, you know, they really have helped me out in my life and changed the way I looked at things and how I go about my life. But it's tough to ask for them. And I think in the beginning question, it is wrapped up in a little bit of ego. So what I decided to do is write a kind of two-page paper about the psychology behind asking for mentorship. Also, kind of psychology behind a mentor um, when he is approached. Because I've mentored some people, but I also have a lot of mentors too. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is some initial fears to overcome when you approach them. You know, when you say, you know, well, why would this person be interested in talking to me? Or what can I do for this person? And you're coming from an ego-driven space where it's about you. And you forget that one of the things that mentors really love is giving back. But they want to help people that want to help themselves. And the best analogy that I've heard for this is, you know, if you, are, if you and I were driving down the road and we saw a car broken down and it was in the rain and you saw a family pushing behind it, you and I, sure enough, would pull over and help that family push it to the side in the rain no matter what we would do to think about it. But let's say the next day we're driving down that same road and you see a car, they're same weather, and instead of pushing, they have their blinkers on and they're not outside doing anything. We're just going to keep driving by. And the moral of that is people want to help people that want to help themselves. A lot of mentors really, truly do want to help people, but they only want to help people that want to help themselves. And so when you take it instead of what can, why would this person talk to me? It's actually you're doing them a favor. When you can approach them and be that person that is going to give them their feedback, give them their ROI, and be someone that's mentorable. And that's really what they're looking for. So once you kind of change that psychology behind it where, hey, they're not doing me a favor, I'm doing them a favor, it's a lot easier to approach them. Um, I also talk about some language in the document and what's a great way to approach it. Also, the ROI of it. You know, the ROI for the mentor is really the feedback. And where the feedback loop and every the loop kind of gets broken down for a lot of people is they'll say, hey, can I meet you? Can I pick your brain? You know, and they'll get some advice and they'll go out and they'll do it. And then they won't report back. And the mentor really, I'll be honest, doesn't really care about the results. If you can say, hey, I did A, B, and C and it didn't work that person then will, chances are going to be, great, thanks for coming back. Now let's try D, E, and F, and we're going to figure out how to do this. They're never going to say, all right, you did that. I'm sorry, we're done. Right, yeah. But, but the person that never comes back and says, hey, we tried this and this is the result, now the mentor can't help you because you just did not give them their ROI of that. So it's important to give back the results, the good and the bad, and more so the bad because then they're like, hey, this is someone that I can really work with because they understand it. And then some things about filtering and, you know, being more specific about when you're networking and you have to kind of go down there. I know a lot of people get held up with, you know, how can I help you? The generic, how you want to ask it, like, how can I help you? Right. And let's face it, every time we get asked that, I don't even know how to answer that in the moment. You know, because I have so many things going on. But what little tweak that I found that's been really helpful for me is when I reframe the question to the person, I'll say, hey, Brett, of all the things that you're working on right now, What's the one thing you're struggling with the most? Because that now narrows your focus, and now you can pick up that, and now I know where I can help you. Yep. I like so that, that little tweak of that. Instead of just saying, how can I help you? Why don't you just try it the other way? Because then that's going to force him to focus on that. And then when you bring value to his life, dude, you're going to have a mentor that's going to help you out. Please yeah, man. I love that, dude. It's You can't provide value to somebody that that doesn't have – a need for what you're delivering mm -hmm. right the milkman comes to bring you milk but you're not going to drink it is it valuable no <laughs> but but if you just ask some some really great questions and you understand where somebody is at 
you then know where the gap is to connect with your bridge and your bridge being, being the value and you can fill that in. Yeah. And that's where I, I like that. You've got that in there too, man. I mean, that's, that's such a huge component. And I also, that question, like, Hey, how can I help you? Like, man, that's how many times have we been asked oh, that? Man. And not, and not, and not only that, think about this. How many times have we asked that? But if we're talking to a high level guy, how many times do you think he's been asked? That? All right. You know, so it's just, oh, another one of these guys. It's just trying to break through that norm and just come from a different angle. But it really does help them, you know, get specific on what they're struggling with in their life. And then that's, if you can bring value to the one thing they're struggling with, dude, you know, what can I do to help you, man? Yeah, what a game changer. Total game changer, man. So you, I, I like to talk about your mornings because I, I think it's something that's so unique in in the sense that, so many people were talking of, you know, we've got the miracle morning, you've got all mm-hmm. these different types of miracle morning. I get it. It's, it's awesome. I've actually got, I've got it literally right here in front of me on my vision board. It talks about miracle morning and savers, right? So all these different yeah. things. For me. So in short, I, you've, you've made changes to your type of morning routine. Why mm-hmm. is, why is that, man? Sure. So I realized just flat out I was undisciplined. And the only way I can become more disciplined is just freaking do it. You know, I, I think that before I would look for a lot of shortcuts on how I can do things, how I can do that. When it didn't work, it was just, oh, well, that was faulty. And I was completely passing the blame. So one of the things that I did that we talked about is I have a schedule. And I really map up every 30 days and really stick to that calendar, 30 minutes, excuse me, and really stick to that calendar. And I have it right in front of me all day long. But more importantly, I need that visual message and the message on top of it that says, what would the best version of Steve be doing right now? Because I need to constantly look at that calendar and then look at that saying, because I know what one version of Steve could be doing right now, but is that best version of Steve doing what I need to do? And then I can just refocus back to that calendar because I know that's what the best version of myself can be doing right now. And that was really an important switch on just becoming more disciplined in my daily actions and that's just what I needed to do. I realized just, I just needed to do it. A lot of people look for life hacks and different methods and I, and they're all great. And the great thing about it is if none of my experiences work for other people, you're going to have some more guests that are going to help those other people and you can take it to the face style. But I needed to learn certain things from certain people and disciplines. And at 35, that was difficult because I had already set patterns that most people figure out way earlier in life. And, um, that was a big thing was just the discipline that I needed because without that discipline, you kind of, a lot of things break down. You can be undisciplined. Well, you've taken a lot of the, the concepts from, you know, from Hal Elrod and different people and a yeah. lot of your mentors, but you've, and they're all fantastic. You know, I, I absolutely love the miracle morning. However, I also believe that we, we do need sleep and everybody's different. And for that reason, I love that you've, you've been able to make changes to what you are doing to live the best life Steve can live, to be the best man that Steve can be. I think that's awesome, man, because it, it doesn't have to be what everybody else is doing. And you know that. You're, yeah. you're so authentic in, in how you, you even explain all these things because it's just brutally honest. And you're okay with doing that. You're okay with being that Steve. I love it. Yeah, one of the things that I, I also take in the afternoon and people are calling it crazy that's fine is I usually take an hour off in the afternoon 
when I say now we're off is now with me quarantine, you know, I'm a dog guy. I'm taking my dog for walks, hour long walks. But I got this from one of my mentors who I actually grew up with. I've known for a long time. He's a big guy in the music industry. And he does two meetings a day and one in the morning and one in the afternoon. The morning one is he actually schedules in his kids and he'll go home or he'll have his kids brought to the uh, office. And this is, and we're talking about a guy who is, you know, being pulled in a lot of directions. You know, I, the, I know who you're, yeah. I know who yeah. you're referencing. So, okay. Super so, big but yeah. yeah and, but if he's saying, Hey, if you have time to schedule in Mr. Jones from China, you know, from wherever he's coming from, if your priorities are your kids, you have enough, pardon my French, balls to scheduling your kids because that's your most important meeting. Mm-hmm. So he gets to see his kids grow up. But the second thing he does in the afternoon, which I love, is he says, you know what? Once every couple days, I take an hour and I just chill. Maybe I'm on social media. Maybe I'm just trying to take a nap. He goes, because that allows me to detach and think about the big picture items, which I'm not really paying attention to on the day-to-day minutia. And there's kind of like a little saying, like a Chinese proverb where three blind guys go up to an elephant and they all reach out and grab it. One grabs the trunk, one grabs the tail, and one touches the body. And all three think they know what an elephant is because of what they really looked at. And that's the perspective that they have. But if they were just able to take a step back and then touch the whole elephant, they'd realize it's a lot bigger and a lot different (laughs) than their perspective. And that's a great analogy for kind of when we're in the daily grind of everything. It's really hard to take that step back perspective and say, all right, what am I doing? Do I really need to do this? And the value of that, and he's really admitted to me, he goes, my best ideas have come from those hour long sessions when I'm able to detach from my business during the day. Most people like to do it late at night or do it. I just, and for him, it works during the day. I'm not saying it's going to work every, for everybody like that. But I thought the idea of being able to detach from the daily minutia and try to focus on the bigger picture thing is important. I like it, man. Yeah, I call them, uh, I reference them as clarity breaks. You know, just take a step back and just breathe. You can take that time. You can have self-reflection time or you can take that time to not work in your business, yet you can work on your business and you can focus Mm -hmm. on the bigger things, the bigger picture. You can focus on family. You can focus on, you know, your friends, people and things that are around you that make life worth living. You can focus on building those things. And it's so great that you just brought that up because one of the things that I'm working on right now is kind of like a channels type of thought process. And it's from a book. Um, as we know, we've been part of M1. It was started by a couple of people. And Go Abundance was started by a couple of people. And the three people that started Go Abundance, their mentor broke this book. And he talks about channels. And uh, I'll get the name of it. Look on my mind. It's like the financial black belt. Or I'll get it back to you and you can put it in the notes. But what he mentioned was, think about a TV channel and a channel changer. And we're all optimally functioning on certain frequencies. So when I'm in the gym, I should be, you know, acting a certain way. If I'm optimally taking advantage of the gym, if I'm at work, I should be working a certain way. If I'm at home with my kids, I should be a certain way. So think of every one of those scenarios like a channel and you're going to change the channels throughout the day. And the most successful, and I I shouldn't say success because success is successful because that success is relative to everybody. But the most efficient people can change channels quickly and say, all right, I'm at the gym. I know how I should be operating to be a most effective self right here. All right, I'm with my kids. 
I know that that attitude is completely different than the attitude I have to have when I'm in the boardroom three hours later. And where people kind of get frustrated is when their channels get crossed. And what I mean by that is, have you ever been on vacation, but thinking about work or at work? I don't know anybody who hasn't. Yeah, exactly. It's because, Hey, you're not on work channel. You're on vacation channel while you're at work. Yep. And so it's tough, but I'm trying to get more disciplined and to know that, all right, here's where I'm at. I need to be full operating at this level for this frequency of where I'm at. And you talked about, you know, some morning routines and meditation. Um, I do not really sit down and meditate. Uh, I've tried multiple times. I definitely can understand that some people have had benefits to it. But when I look at meditation, when I think about it, you know, it's really just trying to get the focus on one thing and get to slow down your mind to get that common central thought. Well, people do that when they go to the gym every day. If I'm going on a bench press, that's all I'm thinking about is that bench press. So you can meditate in very different ways and you don't have to sit still and kind of just put your hands together and do that. There's other ways of going about it, which doesn't have the title of meditation, but you're really doing the same thing. That's interesting. I, I, I like the reference. It makes me think, I mean, when I'm mowing the grass, I, I actually do mow, mow the grass. I, I love it because I'm able to, to put my mind somewhere where my motor functions are totally taken care of. And that's all that yeah. I'm really, you know, so I, so I get into this meditative state just by cutting these straight lines, just ripping lines, just right up just, and down on the focusing. grass. That's it. Yeah. It's that singular focus on that singular thing and that's allows it. you to reach that Zen state or that peak state or whatever people want to term it. You know, everybody has a different verbiage for it, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, that's really all you can meditate by cutting the grass. That's it, man. Well, dude. I, I think all of this content is so valuable. You've definitely dropped some value nuggets on the menu today. It is awesome. So I can't thank you enough for being a part of all of this. And Steve, we're, we're all about with BTL, it's mentorship. And with that comes the give and gain. So Steve's going to be placing in the BTL toolbox, his mentor template module document. You guys will have access to that when you are stepping up your game. And you're ready to do all of that and contribute to a charity, a nonprofit. So Steve, share with us and with the, the audience, what nonprofit you've got on, on mind right now. Sure. So the nonprofit I have in mind is rescue22foundation.org. And the 22 is the number, so 2-2. And that's in reference to all the uh, service people that commit suicide on a daily basis and an hourly basis going on here. And what they do is they take animals from shelters, dogs from shelters and kill shelters and about to be put down. They train them to actually be service dogs for vets coming home and combat veterans who are suffering from PTSD. So both things really hit home and uh, to me is service for the dogs and service for the people that do service for us. And I think just the marriage of those two is uh, super cool. And uh, they, uh, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, you heard it from Steve Cheslock. Steve, thank you again, man. You're, it is an honor to have you on here. I really appreciate you and, and your time. And I can't wait to, to get all the, the feedback, whether it's, it's awesome or it's not. I want the not awesome <laughs> stuff too, man. Yeah, sure. I don't mind the not awesome. And guess what? If it's not <laughs> awesome, there's going to be another person tomorrow. So you can listen hey, to man. him or her. That's it, you man. Know? And that's great.
yeah man you're you're awesome you're incredible i really appreciate all of it and i'm i'm excited for everybody to learn from you too man cool and one of the things that i would love to do too is uh you know one just challenge your listeners not challenge it because i look at but you know what just try it text two people if it's now if it's later on in the day that you haven't connected to whether it's a family member whether it's a friend that you haven't got to even just say hey guy gal you know, I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Was just thinking about you. I hope you're having a great day. That's it. And just watch what happens. And also, you know, I know some people want, um, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm genuine too. It's my name, Steve Chesslock at Gmail. Shoot me an email. And even, you know what? My number is 203-273-7958. Shoot me a text. I'm there because I know to keep it, I got to give it away. So if you're hearing this and going through a tough time or just need to talk to somebody or whatever, shoot me a text. I'll be there for you. And he's not lying. He's so, he's so true in that. He means it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> he means it. All right, man. I appreciate it, Steve. And thank you again for hopping on here. This is great. Hey, lo- love you, brother. And I really appreciate you doing this as well. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the BTL podcast. That's the Born to Lead podcast. Please be sure to stay up to speed with all of our episodes that we're going to be launching by subscribing to us on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for more information about what we're doing, check us out on Facebook, Born to Lead Podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram there too. And when you're ready to elevate yourself and your mindset, learn more from all of the folks that we've got on the show about their knowledge, attitude, skills, and their habits Be sure to stay tuned on Facebook. That's how you're going to learn more about where to access and how to access our BTL toolbox, where you'll have all of the content that we were mentioning before. So stay tuned, everybody, and thanks for listening. See you next time.